The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such might not be appropriate for young children, those who don't understand English, or your grandmother. Then again, I've never met your grandmother. She might be a lovely woman who's more kinky than you realize. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a Harry Potter Companion, a podcast of wholesome cake and perverted knitting. I'm Sir Arcane. I'm Lansing Mike. And I've been sick. Ugh. Yeah, I started feeling poorly shortly after the last recording. And yeah, I got hit with full-on flu and was just completely miserable for one week. And now for the past week... I've had a perpetual sinus headache. Yay, go and, me. I know you warned me. It's like, oh, I hope I didn't give it to you. And nope, no, flu is definitely not something I've had yet this year. I yeah. had a stupid cold that lasted for weeks and was a stupid cough. And then that finally cleared. I'm like, yay. And then promptly yay. got a sinus infection that oh. was messy and drippy and just, oh. And it's yeah. like, no, I just want to just burn out my nose and just like, you know start again from scratch or something it's like but that's finally on the mend and yay for the most part so it's like yay yeah health, i as close as i come to it didn't want to infect anybody and i am absolutely going to be getting myself a flu shot when they become available in the fall because yeah between the missed week of work Oof. and the tamiflu that because I hadn't hit my deductible yet this year, I had to pay full price for at $14 a pill. And there's 10 of them. Yeah. So I would much rather just spend $25 and be mildly miserable for a couple of days rather than having to go through all of that again. I think that's personal. Have you had a flu shot before? Never had a flu shot before. Because I know many people who... No reaction at all. You know, it's like they got one and hey, and moving on. Um, yeah, other people who feel like they get a mild version of it. But um, yeah, my mom's always, she's like, get a flu shot, get a flu shot. And I've had flu maybe three times in my life. And yeah, it's, <sighs> it's kind of good insurance not to get it because, oh, so miserable. Oh, so yeah. I mean, I... I just want to crawl. Well, I basically just crawl into a corner and, you know, take Theraflu and, you know, to break the fever so I can actually sleep and then just try and survive and it's like so i'm you know it's yeah not something to be it really interrupts that's the thing is it it will knock me on my ass and i can oh, do yeah. nothing yeah so no. and i got too many things scheduled and too many things to do to have days of not doing anything yeah i mean some people might call that vacation i call that wasted time yeah i i call yeah i call that miserable especially because i had just enough pto to take a week off for cloth and now I have just enough PTO to take two days off for claw. So I am going to have to tread lightly the last day of claw. Because, so you can come back. And, so, so that I can come back and, and go into work. Uh, because my initial plan was to be a bad boy, to mm-hmm. party hardy, to do the three, two, one thing that I haven't been able to do since I was in my early 20s, because, you know, I need my sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, between, you know, with enough caffeine, you can do practically anything. You'll just crash the next time. And, and that was the plan, to get be really caffeinated, do absolutely everything, get maybe three hours of sleep a night, and then sleep, then sleep Monday and Tuesday to recover. See, my, I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, my trouble is I'm never really good at doing that at an event because... With me, if I don't get a full amount of sleep, well, first of all, you know, yeah, that's when the mood hits and, you know, depression is likely just a, like, you know, nihilistic kind of attitude toward life sets in when I've hadn't had a nice seven to eight hours. But the other thing is, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I shut down socially. 
I mean, oh. I can still function, still take part in stuff and do stuff, but I'm just not feeling like being around other people and I'm just not participating. I'm there. I'm present. Well, you've seen me at, you yeah, know, yeah, I, 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 I know what you're like when, yeah. when you're like that. Yeah. You know, it's not unpleasant, but it's not fun either. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And yeah, too often I don't want to be that. I want to be on if I'm at an event. I want to be able to interact with people and have fun and want to be around humans. And I need sleep for that. Well, and speaking of events, the two of us went to the number six dungeon mm-hmm. uh, last night, and I had a pretty good time. Seemed a bit lighter attended. Seemed a bit lower energy, at least to me. Okay, uh, you have more experience. Yeah, you have more experiences with them. I've just been to the two, and the other one, I I remember it being, I think, a little more attended. But also, that was one that it was the tree trimming one, right? Which is all really yeah. well attended. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it was, it was, you know, good time. I, uh, I, it was interesting. I realized it took me out, you know, I didn't really get involved till to, pretty much to almost to the end. I think a lot of it was like the difference between that and DBC is, mm-hmm. well, in DBC, we two times have gone, I borrowed latex from uh, Veritas. Yes. And so it's almost like you're in uniform to, you know, be kinky and have fun. It's like when you put that on and you show up in, you know, a latex outfit or, you know, then it means... Yeah, you're ready and raring to go to do something. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, your shorts and a t-shirt, it's like, okay, it's much more... Even if it is a lovely Boys Town t-shirt. Oh, yeah, I picked out a gay shirt. That <laughs> was that or, you know, rainbow-colored tie-dye, which, you know, is gay in a different way. <laughs> so, yeah, so, it, you know, for me, it's like, even though most people, yeah, most people had, like, shed down to either kinkwear or nothing, you know, I was just like, hey, I'm here to have... Yeah, See what happens, and saw you know a lot of stuff was going on. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some you know events and scenes happening. Uh, you were involved in some yes. nice thing involving rope. Yes, I I got I asked nicely to be tied up, and I was, and I kind of feel bad after those bondage sessions because I feel my my body rebels against the bondage far earlier than my mind does. Oh. And I'd like to be able to stay in that bondage for much longer than I actually can. You want to be. You want to be uh, yeah. trussed up for an extended period. Because it does take a while to yeah, tie it all yeah. up. And you would think that, yeah, it'd be nice to... Yeah, I mean, it, it's... I'm reminded of my mother who never liked going to our lake house, which is about three and a half hours away from my parents' home. Mm-hmm. Because she felt that, you know, that just going there for a weekend... You really end up spending more time getting ready and driving rather than act, and then coming back rather than actually being there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I want to be in bondage longer than it takes to get me in and out of it. But yeah, sometimes that's not always possible. And yeah, you know, with that, with the one that I was in, which was this lovely rope bondage, had me in a nice frog squat. Yeah, your your ankles were bound, and yeah. the rope went up and suspended. And then I think it was ropes around like uh, looked like up lower thigh, kind of above the knee, was it? Kind yeah, of pulling he, he, your thighs apart. Yeah, he did something around the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just like a t- yeah. I think you're blindfolded at that point, but yeah. And then those were connected like off to either side, right? And and, the- and also had my wrists bound mm-hmm. at my knees too. Okay. But what ended up happening is that. Uh, the ankle bondage ended up working itself tighter mm-hmm. and lost feeling in my feet. Ooh. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but yeah, we, we need to kill this at this <laughs> point so that, you know, I'll actually be able to walk. <laughs> and, you know, no, you know, nerve damage or, you know. Yeah. And yeah. And, that, and then the, I think there's just some good old, you know, Good old fucking in a sling that was happening in another yeah. corner, which was lovely because one of the participants was wonderfully vocal and yes. had yes, wonderful quality to his voice. It's, there's this wonderful gravelly deepness, richness to it that is just like wow. It's like I love that voice and and hearing it saying horribly dirty things is just like wonderful too. And it's like oh. I, you know, so, yeah, that's one reason I felt bad because, you know, everyone participating in that was very scantily clad and I was still fully, fully dressed, dressed and I'm like, yeah. I feel, I feel kind of pervy just going over there to look. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone would have mind, honestly, no, you're in no. a dungeon, right? 
with everything open, but still, it's like, you know, I think that, you know, the uniform for this corner is to be, you know, sky clad, you know, nothing on. And I wasn't ready for that at that point yet. And, and well, it, you know, like you said, you did f- finally get involved by the end of the night. You oh. you did strip down to your nasty pig jog. Well, as the, the crowd who was having fun in the corner had migrated to another corner for like the afterglow where they're just lounging around talking and just just visiting and, which, and and masturbating each other i'd miss that part i think that part was done by the time i get down there they were just all you know just talking and mm-hmm. and it was nice because um i love that that sense of community and just you know you're yeah you're there to fuck you're there to you know, or tie people up or you know just do get mm-hmm. your kink flag on but you're also there to visit and socialize, and these are people you've probably seen yeah. you know, many, many places, and you're just enjoying each other's company, too, and that was wonderful, and uh, yeah, so at that point, I was like, almost felt like it was too late, but the flo- you know, I was curious about being flogged, and I think you often say, hey, do you want to try out a flogger, meaning, do I want to try and swing one? Yes. And I was like, no, I'd rather... I'm feeling lazy. I'd rather just... You'd rather get hit. So, I mean, I took off my shirt, and then they made jokes about, you need to be naked, and it's like... Okay, drop the shorts, but I had a really nice nasty pig jock, and it's like that seems appropriate. Yeah, no, that that was perfectly appropriate to be in in boots and, and a jock. Uh, and you tried out three floggers on me, and like I said, yeah. that was my first experience being flogged, and it was interesting. Um, I kind of expected like when you're with a lighter touch where it fans out and you feel the thud of the whole flogger spread out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you work, you know, you get into it and hit with more force, it's the strands stay together, and I wasn't expecting it to be that you know feeling that impact where it felt almost like maybe a bar being wrapped on your back and it's like oh um so that was different it was like cool yeah and, i uh, i find flogging scenes are a great way to treat chest congestion yeah listen i can see that yeah that, that that'll should, you should hit lot. me a few weeks before um and then i kind of just turned around and uh what the you threw on a blindfold and some Hearing protectors, just yeah, ear, yeah, yeah, headphones, ear muffs, that, yeah, but they're not headphones, yeah, yeah, and which didn't work for shit because I heard everything. Um, I heard the conversation, which was unfortunate because the the loungers were also watching porn, so I'd hear something really favorable being said as I'm like on the cross, and I, you know, several people who I didn't know because well, I didn't know who they were because um, you were blindfolded, yeah, uh, were blowing me. It's like they had to say really complimentary things and be like, ooh, and then I realized, oh, they're talking, talking about, about the porn. The porn. They're talking about the beautiful models in the porn. And I'm like, fair enough. Um, <laughs> the, the beautiful olive skin, uncut, well hung yeah. Italian boys in the in the yes. porno. But you know, it was it was fun to actually you know actually truly take part in something. But what happened earlier that evening was fun too. Um, Ryan, who said I can say his name, he mentioned that, uh, listener Ryan, hello, hello. Um, said, yep, you can use my name, um, showed me a lot of the artifacts from, um, like, the photographs from earlier, you know, from the history of that. Yes. And, wow. I mean, a whole bookcase full of photo albums, all with photographs of people, you know, just the history of it all. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating and wonderful to see that, and it's like, yeah, just to think, because uh, that event or something... Some version of that event has been happening since it looked like the mid to late eighties. I think one of the first mid, ones, yeah, like eighty. I think he said eighty three was okay. the first one. And some of the, you know, so that might have been more informal. The, the things he was showing me, some of the books were eighty seven and all that, and just you know how long he's been in that location doing pulling these parties regularly. And yes. So in Cromwell history, I think coming up next February or March will be the three hundredth. Yeah. Next. Yes. Next. February will okay. be number three hundred. I think because number. I think the last night was two ninety. I think someone yes. thought. And um, so yeah, so it's like the fact that it's been going on for that long, fascinating and really cool to see. Uh, the only depressing part of it is like he was, as you point out, most of the people in those photographs are dead now. Yes, uh, that basically only like, oh. only the dungeon master has survived. And just, to, I mean, and that's just, you know, you know, 30 years, it's like, you know, you know, these yeah, were men in their 20s, yeah. you know, even even in their 50s at that time should be, you know, the octogenarian mentors of our community now. And I mean, I've, you know, always heard about the toll that, you know, time and disease and everything has taken on our community. 
and I've always thought it was more like, you know, New York, L.A., the, you know, San, San Francisco. Francisco, Chicago. But, and, you know, you know no, really, but Detroit got hit, too. Oh, every place that you had. And so just to think of what has been lost and, you know, ouch. So that, you know, yeah. that's kind of sobering and sad. But also, it's like, but it continues. The fact that there is still this continuation of this history, you know, in the form of the number six party. And it's like, wow. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why you know, the leather archives and museum are so important because, you know, those who remember those days, there are fewer and fewer of them. And, you know, they collect artifacts, they collect oral histories. That's a way of life that's kind of, not necessarily dying out, but changing. It it is is definitely changing. With, I think, you know, acceptance of, you know, just gay and all this stuff. Um, you know, those kind of, you know, that kind of tribalism where you had to band together because there was no one else out there for you. You had to be for each other because, you know, fuck all was the government or anyone else going to be helping you. Yeah. You had to be there for yourselves. And that creates an incredible bonding experience where, you know, you would have these groups of men and, you know. Bonding through bondage. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you have that one thing in common, but you realize it kind of makes you pariahs in a way, or at least you have to stay secret. Right. Brings you together. So, you know, and, you know, think about it that, you know, Kinsey's number, about 10% of us are gay, right? And just to throw out a random number, figure about 10% are into kink Mm -hmm. at at a higher level rather than higher than blindfolds and and fuzzy handcuffs. You're basically making a Drake's equation for perv. (laughs) Basically. And so... You know, when you found, you know, especially in the days before the internet. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you found somebody who was gay and into kink, and especially if they shared kinks that you were really into, Mm -hmm. um, rather than, you know, just the general of leather, yeah, you held on tight. Oh, yeah, you found that community and you kept track of them. And, you know, it's like, hey, this is what's going to get me through those, you know, mundane days and all that. Yeah, but so just as, you know, that kind of changes too, it's like, you know, that that bonding isn't, it's not as important because you can find other sources for, you know, the sense of belonging and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, you know, it's sad, but also it's, you know, means things have gotten better, you know, for the most part, generally. And yes. they're even talking about even for bondage. I mean, you know, it's love it or hate it, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey has made bondage you know, kind of more aware and mainstream. And they're even joking yeah. about how you can buy vibrating cock rings now at Meyer. Because, oh, yeah. in the, you know, with the condom section, there's like a, you know, a Trojan j- jelly cock ring that will vibrate, you know, with your condoms. And it's like, okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a very good vibrating no. cock ring. Just but... as Fifty Shades of Grey is not very good. <laughs> BDSM manual, you no, know, don't don't do it that way. No, don't. If 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 Fifty Shades piqued your interest, and you went Please. on to research, go and to a munch, get to meet people actually in the lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. Find out that no, what's depicted in Fifty Shades is no, that's abuse masquerading as dominance and submission. But the fact that that actually brings up that topic so that people in the lifestyle can then discuss it openly saying, hey, this is why, you know, hey, I know you love those books. This is why, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it gets the discussion going and people realize this isn't as weird, you know, not the fringe thing we always wanted to say it was. It's, it's eh, maybe not mainstream, but it's much more common than previously thought. Yes. yes much more normal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, a quote, a quote from at least from the Kinsey movie may have been from Kinsey himself. And said, you know, talking about uh, sexuality in the human male and how you know, this number of ten percent, you know, homosexual came up, and he responded, you know, that everybody's sin is no sin at all. You know, saying a lot of people are into these, you know, do. Div- quote, divergent sexualities. And, you know, we need to get out there. We need to show that, no, there are a lot of us and we're not 
strange. We are your neighbors. We are your, your kids. We are your family. We're just as boring as the rest of you. Even with this, once you open yeah. up the bedroom doors, you realize that a lot of the behaviors you think were just like naughty. It's like, well, is it what make what makes something naughty? It's like, eh, yeah, I mean, a little bit of shame, a little bit of secrecy, and it's like, yeah. Plus, and you know, outside of this one interest, I'm dull. <laughs> I'm boring. Well, uh, let's look at what the other half of this podcast is about knitting. Yeah, and knitting, crochet, and craft work. Well. Well, no, not craft work. That that that's slightly different. Not but, uh, not talking about German techno. <laughs> but no, it was um, yeah. But the, it was a good time. I wasn't you know, completely feeling into it going in, but it's like I know it's like there's a limited number of these things in the future, and I want to you know be a party to it and be aware of it myself. And no, and like I said, I had a wonderful time. I mean, it's like you know, it was like I said more subdued, but still, it was you know very yeah. rewarding. So that was that. Um, the only other thing that I think was well. And then last weekend I went to Motor City, bleh, Motor City, City Furry Con, which is a furry con that happens in Detroit. Went for the day again. It's like, do I really want to go? It's like there was a blizzard before and after, <laughs> but that Saturday things were wonderful. It was fun. Um, it's something that uh, I've been going to them since the incarnation before FCN Furry Connection something FCN. It was FCN. And uh, that takes place in Novi, and it's like, well, that's easy to get to. And uh, yeah, and you know, I, the comics and all this, I've been reading for a long time. And it's like, so yeah, I went there to go to the dealer's room, buy art, buy comics, go to the artist alley because they are very, you know, furries are one thing; they're very uh, kind to their artists and uh, costumers. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, no programming that was really interesting to go to. Um, so it was then like it's only four o'clock, and it's like, okay, I've done everything. What do I do now? And it's like, well, I did go for the sponsorship so I could get the cool T-shirt, which also lets you go into the sponsors' lounge where they have free beer as as of five o'clock. I'm like, well, damn it, I'm going to drink my way to make <laughs> make that T-shirt even cheaper. And they had some good beers on tap. One was a fifteen point eight percent. Yeah, yeah, you didn't take too much of that. They had a couple meads, uh, a cider, and a mead, so things drinkable. Um, I like, I'm not feeling social, but forced myself to. I knew one person there, kind of casually. And I was like, nope, going to talk to him, going to get to know his friends better. And then I ran to someone I'd seen in other kink circles. Mm. Um, he's a pup. Talked to him very casually a couple times and just forced myself, said, hey, how's it going? And, you know, met his uh, partner and talked with him a lot and, you know, hung out with them kind of tangentially. He knew lots of people there. He's very much into the pup culture. So, I, like, I told him about uh, our first Fridays. He's not interested about that and other events. Yeah. So, he's like... Cool, because I think he's kind of fallen out of the the circle since he's kind of, you know, is now with someone else who I don't think is as directly involved in the kink and the pup stuff. So, you right. know, there's always the Venn diagram overlaps of... Right, plus it, it doesn't help that he lives in small town northern Michigan. Wait, we... Wait, oh no, the... Wait, oh, well, I'm talking to yes. We're, we're, okay, so so I'm thinking of somebody else. Yes. Um. No, this one is um lives in the Detroit area. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. No, I I was I was thinking of the one who's going to be moving to Chicago. Yes, and, and that's why I also yeah. found out some people I know who are northern Michigan are now going to be Chicago. And it's like, oh, okay. Not that we saw that much of them while they're in northern Michigan. Right. Well, and you know, I think Chicago is about the same distance from Probably. Lansing. So I think I make it there more often than I make it North Michigan. But yeah, but so that you know, fun. Um, you know, not terribly kinky, other than the fact that you know, I just ran into people who, you know, ran into a nice crowd of people from Cleveland who I had no, like I said, that was just you know, some young guy is like offering me some scotch in his room. And I'm like, sure. You know, I'll tell you, you know, double wood lagavulin. <laughs> it's like, that sounds wonderful. Thank you for inviting a complete stranger into your room. And met his friends, and they're all from the Cleveland area. And we had a great time talking about nerd stuff and raiding Taco Bell and you getting a late night run. To, uh, if you think they'd be cool with it off air, you'll have to give me their names. And I, I, I don't know. That oh. Was the, that was the horrible <laughs> thing. Um, we did not really connect. Like, we didn't trade a lot of contact information i kind of know one of their artistic tum one has a tumblr that's this thing so i can probably get in touch through them through that saying hey how's the guy you met at the thing and uh, but you know they i think they're also just as nerdy and socially awkward as i 
like when you're at a con, you can be friendly and chatty. But then outside in the real world, we revert to our old like, oh, how do I say hi to somebody? Yeah, I have their number, but why would I call them? What would I say? That would be awkward. It's like well, I need this, you know, covering of you know some common interest for us to talk about. You know, it's like otherwise it's like, oh, hi, hi. I like Babylon Five. I like Babylon Five too. Cool. cool. I like sucking dick. I like sucking dick too. Cool. Well, and and that's one thing. And yeah. but the good news is, if I see them, you know, that crowd again at a con, then I'd be like. Oh, hey, and, you know, yeah. you get that little... Well, and, you know, making stronger connections at the con is one reason why I had those cards printed mm-hmm. out, so that I can hand them out to anyone, yeah. and they will have all of my contact information, and they'll learn about the podcast, too. Well, and the thing with the importance of cards, I wish I had had cards or something written down, because, yeah, we're like, hey, let's exchange numbers, and I scribbled mine on a piece of paper... Who knows if it's legible? Yeah. You know, um, and vice versa. So it's like, I wish I had something to physically give out and say, hey, this is my name, my contact information via, you know, phone number and email. It's sometimes it's easier to connect via text or email for me. I like calling someone and talking yeah. vocally. It's like, that's weird. Well, I mean, I do that with my mom and that's it. Ten, ten bucks plus shipping for 500 cards at Vistaprint. Oh. So I just have to design it. They they've got oh, lot, yeah. lots of lots of templates. It's really easy. I do kind of feel a little bad about using VistaPrint because my ex runs a print shop and okay. I helped run it with him uh, when we were together. Mm-hmm. But he can't do the car the type of card that VistaPrint does, mm-hmm. um, which that that's got an image all the way out to the edge. Oh, okay. He doesn't have the equipment for that and. I know that even if I didn't have that, that it would be more than 10 bucks. So, I, sorry, but, you know, I, yes, I want to spend money in the family. Well, but, but yeah, but also you want to get the product that you want. And if they are yeah. able to do it, it's like, okay, you know. And also, it's well, I mean, for me, yeah, I'd, I'd rather deal with a website and, you know, that but I don't know I do, again yeah maybe if I had a connection with someone who was a printer because yeah. you know but yeah so I know craftspeople who do some cool work and you know I even talk to them and you know it's like at least get a bare bones you know estimation of cost from them and depends you know if you're just wanting a one off and it's going to cost you three times as much well if the money's going to a friend that's one thing right if you want to make tens or hundreds of them and it still costs three times as much that's it's like yeah. oh shoot you know i want to support someone but i also don't want to bankrupt my own organization or friends who are right and this for a running club or something right and you know i i made a point to at least get the banner for lansing pups and handlers made up locally mm-hmm. um, and i got a really good price on it i thought so i was really happy with it so win-win all the way around cool so this section of a Harry Prong Companion is brought to you by the Esquire Bar in Old Town Lansing on Turner Street, one block north of Grand River. Stop in every first Friday and meet some interesting pups and leather and wear your gear. First Friday at Esquire is your excuse to wear your gear out in public. Whatever gear means to you, slap it on, come on out to the bar. You'll have a great time. Topic this week is kink for less, perversion for pennies. I think bondage, bondage on a budget is bondage on a budget. Yeah, uh, which is the name of a book that if you you know search for it on Amazon comes up. I don't know if the book's any good or not. It has like you know some high reviews, not a lot. So it could just be friends and you know family members <laughs> of the, the author. But um, yeah, it's you know hints on it. So there's a start. I would say, number one, the best, cheapest way to explore kink is to have kinky friends. (laughs) Uh, Or to get yourself in with a group like the Number Six Dungeon or the Detroit Bondage Mm -hmm. Club, where, I mean, yeah, we we pay dues for both of those, but they're not much, and, I mean, it... And, you know, I get to enjoy a St. Andrew's Cross and several slings and these and when you say dues, tables. it's more like cover. 
Yeah, because, it's, it's more like because dues sounds to me like something like, oh, I'm going to be paying this every month, and oh, the six months I'm too busy to enjoy, I'm just going to be giving them that money, like the YMCA, um, <laughs> and then, uh, but no, but you know, it's more cover, so it, it, you yeah, only pay when cover. you show up, and so that seems a bit more like okay, but yeah, you wonderful things. Yeah, so so number one, get yourself, you know, take a look out on FetLife and Recon. And find a group of kinksters that have meetups. There's play parties. Play there. parties, yeah. I know in Lansing, I think there's an event called the Summit, which is basically kind of a organized play party. That you know, I thought it was a convention, but I guess it's more kind of a play party. Right. the The big convention in the Lansing area is Synergy. Oh, okay. Which is coming up. Oh, um, I didn't even know about that. So. Yeah it 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 is more straight kink. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah so number one reach out find kinky friends in meet space Mm -hmm. you know not just you know the internet's a great way to start the connection but you know actually meet you can't can't swap clothes or you know borrow their gear right the internet yeah and you know all of the kinksters i know you know are generally willing to share their their toys. Yeah, the yeah. only latex I've ever worn was been borrowed, you know, just for the evening from a friend who had a lot. Yes. Um, also, on the equipment, you know, crosses, floggers, all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, it's you're going to know people who have some. At, you know, DBC, there's, you know, just implements and toys lying around, you know, mm-hmm. at stations all over. And, you know, right. And and if and if you get the urge, you grab it and, and go for it. Yeah, I have found that yeah, kinksters are generally generous with their interests because they're like, I'm I'm into this and I think it's cool and I want to show you how cool it is, and you know. And, so that's yeah, I think yeah. that's a good way. At first, it's like you try other people's stuff, but then you know when you've tried it, then you've realized I like it. Yes. And then what happens is like you know I like this and I can't always borrow it because they're going to want it back and play with it. I want my own set of toys. And so, you know, how do you, yeah, I guess, how do you do that cheaply? And well, I think, I think one so, a big one is repurposing. Yes. Repurposing existing things. Fly, uh, fly swatters, spatulas, I've seen make very excellent paddles. Yes. And best place to get rope? Home Depot. Absolutely. Uh, home. Rope can be cheap. Yeah. Let's rope. Put that there's rope, some beautiful yes. hand dyed, wonderfully woven, and you know, specially treated ropes that are um, you can pay a pretty penny for at you know the cons and IML and sundries. Right. But also, you can just you know find a perfectly serviceable rope in spools at Home Depot. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can spend you know, a bunch of money on twisted monk, soft hemp rope, or you know. Go to Home Depot, feel, reach out and feel the rope, and yeah, and get, you know, get it for, you know, pennies on the foot. And, yeah. and you don't need a lot of rope. You can do quite a bit with only fifty feet of rope, hmm. which, when it comes to rope, that's not a lot of rope. And then, you know, last time I was at Home Depot, I picked up um, a shrink wrap. Mm-hmm. In their uh, moving and storage section, and rolls of duct tape, and those duct tape's great for for bondage. Have, have to be a little careful. I don't like putting it directly on skin because it can oh, take hair and skin yeah. off if you're not careful. Um, That's why you use the shrink wrap, you know, underneath. But yeah, and for you know sensations, yeah, raid your kitchen. Oh, I, you know. Just, uh, you know, I use bandanas for blindfolds all the time. Um, old silk ties can be excellent yes, for tying yes. and blindfolding. I mean, you can get those cheap at, you know, rummage sales, uh, you know, secondhand stores, just old, ugly ties. It's like, hey, and they're strong. You know, it's made out of silk. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you have a whole bunch of ties in your suitcase, you know, no one really gives a shit when they're looking at it at the airport and you're on your way to a bondage you know, party. It's like, hey, I just like ties. Yeah. You know, I'd like to be fashionable. Um, clothespins, you know. Uh, oh, yes. A clothes... variety. And the, even the little tiny ones, those can be really... The, yeah, those are 
mean. I yeah. mean, and I say I've seen those at art supply stores, uh, Michaels, Joanne's. Um, if if you want to be, stores. if you want to be really mean, binder clips. Okay. Yep. The, oh, yeah. The, those are intense. Um. Yeah. So uh, office supply stores, um, dollar stores, really great source for just cheap things that will do horrible things to people. You know, especially if you want to just uh, kind of um, you know, uh, for kind of uh, impact play and hitting because mm-hmm. you know different things feel different uh and uh there's a lot of ways of just taking you know stuff and the, which would be in like books like bondage on budget google you know bondage on budget and i saw yeah. a bunch of sites come up that people talking about things they do um the nice thing with the bondage community is yeah because you just can't go necessarily to you know ropes are us and bondage are us and you know right. pick up all these wonderful things with instructions you know the stuff you can buy at, um, like, sex stores or, you know, that kind of stuff, it's like, they tend to be expensive and also seem to be kind of cheap. I mean, the yeah. nice stuff tends to be handcrafted yeah. by, you know, you know yeah, people I, who are like, I want to do this, craftsmen. Yeah, I mean, like, if you go to, like, a Cirillo's mm-hmm. or, or something like that. Lion's Den, yeah, the adult a, stores. Yeah, a lot of those adult stores, if you go to them, you find that a lot of their toys are labeled as novelties and you know you don't i mean it if they may have some good stuff there but yet if you are looking to save money be aware of that word novelty Mm -hmm. and if you see it avoid yeah not going to hold up terribly well it's probably made very cheaply um, it's for show. It's for wearing something to look. Look, I've got some fuzzy cuffs on. Yay. Yeah. But, you know, are they going to stay you know, right. binding or, or can you get out of them? Probably. A little bit of twisting. Or worse, you know, the insertable toys oh. that are labeled for novelty. Yeah. Those, I mean, they're not made from food grade material. You know, by labeling them novelty, they don't have to adhere to all sorts of health and safety standards. So, oh, there's chemicals that will leach out when you have it up your ass. Well, you know, we said novelty. It wasn't we put up your ass. It's like it's shaped like a dick. What did you think it was going to happen with it? Well, I mean, Oscar's shaped like a dick, and I, I don't think anybody's going to be taking Oscar. Oh, the they had me award for the Muppet. No, at at number six dungeon. Oh, that one. Yes, okay. the three foot long, two foot around dick. That if you can take it, you can take it home with you. Um. Well, yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah. No, I was like, what? Wait, what's it? What's named Oscar? That would go up and ask. <laughs> um. And then, uh, yeah. So I mean, there's just so. I mean, it's your imagination is like just go through. Um. The other thing to be aware of, and this would be it. Uh, the place where it probably pays to actually pay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God! If you're doing any kind of suspension work in bondage, if you're needing something that needs to carry weight, like uh, carboners and all that kind of stuff, you'd want mountain climbing kind of stuff that's been tested that will hold a certain amount of weight. Yes, because you know you don't want you know something or even some um, you know some something that's not gonna you know looks good and it's fine if you're just tying someone up you know in a chair. But when you're suspending someone from a point and they are bound so they can't really catch themselves should they fall, you want to make sure your equipment is going to hold up. So that's about the only time I'm like, you know. Well, and and even those, I mean, yes, you can go to a sporting goods store Mm -hmm. and, you know, a a high-grade sporting goods store and have a bunch of options. Or, again, there is the Home Depot that has a lot of those Mm -hmm. that are... While they're not rated for mountain climbing, they're rated for other construction mm-hmm. and will generally still hold, you know, 500 plus pounds. So, you know, one of the jokes is with the right mindset, any store can be a sex toy oh, store. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's a matter of imagination and just like, oh, and repurposing stuff. So it can be um, very, you know, you yeah, you can find a lot of good stuff just shopping around bargain stores you know or use stuff uh you know yeah go yeah go to you know now that it's going to be summer go to garage sales and yard mm-hmm. sales with a dirty mind and yeah you can find i mean shoot i mean most of the yarn i have i got at yard sales and um 
Yeah. Um, and then uh, the next step would be uh, like actual equipment. So I'm thinking like you know benches, uh, mm-hmm. the cro- you know the crosses. <laughs> Um, you know, a rimming seat, you know, things like that. Right. And, you know, that, you know, would be more kind of, uh, depends on how handy you are with carpentry and stuff. Yes. And, and, yeah, it seems to keep pointing back towards the Home Depot. Yeah. If you are able to, you know, if you're willing to get your hands dirty and build it yourself, do a bit of research on the internet, because there are plans out there for, for all of these things. If you see, or if you've seen someone who has one that's nice, it's like, hey, you know, where'd this come from? And if they made it themselves, you know, if they're not in the business of making it, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's not nice to see a, a, a nicely crafted product, talk to the craftsman and say, hey, you know, will you give me your diagram and plans for this because I always just want to make one myself and save money. It's like, that's kind of gauche. But, if hey, can, made you make, can you make one for me? Yeah, yeah, if they're not in it as a business and they just threw it together, do-it-yourselfers are very proud of sharing, you know, their yeah, ideas. And yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've seen like online asking, you know, a hundred bucks for a rim seat, or I can spend $10 at the Home Depot for a toilet seat and then maybe another 20 on the PVC piping I'd need to get it up to the right height. And yeah. And other things are the, uh, the implements. Um, I know many people, um, making your own flogger. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, they are not too bad. A dowel rod and the material, and usually leather, and you can get leather that you've taken off of a dead couch that was on the side of the road. Oh, yeah. You know, leather couches, old jackets um, that you can get at Goodwill, or just an old leather product you, I mean, you know, or leather or other materials, um, you know, wrapping around and then just sealing it. You know, I've seen wonderful floggers made out of uh, rope. You know, just yep. in a cold... No, I've, not, seen, I've seen rope flogger. I've seen a uh, chamois blogger um that's interesting because that's really soft um saw a flogger made out of old boat old violin bows oh horsehair flogger oh so i mean yeah like i said it there's the only limit is your imagination and you know feeling willing to you know spend spend the time that's what you'll be spending the time wandering around looking for the right things yeah it it becomes that that equation do you spend the time or do you spend the money Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you're ready, you know, when you have the budget for it, when you, you want to, you know, Mr. S, when you're ready for the good stuff, mm-hmm. right? That there are, look for the quality, look for the reviews, talk to people who have. Well, that's the main thing is, is you'll, you'll talk to other kinksters who's like, oh, I got this from so-and-so. I love it so much. And, you know, you try it yourself and it's like, this is a nice thing. And then. Or, or alternately, like. I know one guy who bought a knockoff uh, chastity cage mm-hmm. on eBay for 25 bucks, And usually those run a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And he, he broke right out of it. So, I mean, it, it was cheap plastic. And, yeah, it, it, it was good for a couple of photographs and mm-hmm. yet yeah, and no more. <laughs> you didn't see the tag that said, novelty chastity cage. <laughs> I don't think it actually said novelty, <laughs> but it sounds like it, it might, should have. It probably should have, yeah. Um, I th- oh, but in another kind of a different vein from this. I mean, we're talking about like the toys and that. Um, uh, events, you know, sometimes yes. events can be kind of pricey to go to. Claw, IML, um, MML, Mister Michigan uh-huh. Leather. Over, uh, you know, these are events that are important too because um, there's usually well, first of all, you get to meet people. Uh, you yes. get to meet new people. Um, you get to meet people that you've never met in the actual real world yet. You've only talked to online. Uh, you, there's, you know, being there with so many others, being at an event where you are just like, you know, everybody there is, you know, of that mindset, either kinky or gay or whatever is really powerful. And events are great to go to, but can be pricey. There's the registrations, there's the hotel, but even that can be done on the cheap. Volunteering is an incredible way. Uh, for any event, um, I've gone to IML twice. The second time, what I volunteered, and that was the way to do it because you still you get tickets to go to events and all this. Uh-huh. And but the time you spend working, you know, uh, usually you get to meet people that way. You get to meet people who are involved also in the running of it. Yes, and um, that's a different level. The people who are actually putting it on tend to be kind of a different mindset um, and kind of level in the 
in the community than those who are attending because the attendees are like you cool i love this this is cool but this is just for fun you know like this yeah, is that, casual this is a hobby right. this is just a distraction on the weekend the people who tend to volunteer tend to be the ones who are a bit more into the lifestyle of things like mm-hmm. this is an important part of my life i want to make sure this event goes off yeah and cool people do encounter and talk to um like i said a lot of times the registration can either be substantially discounted or free if you put in yeah. enough hours. Yeah, I know that for Claw, I think registration off the, the top of my head was like $175 okay. for for basic registration. Um, I paid that because I was able to afford it. And, and if you can, and, then that you, yeah. know, you can have... Right. There's more time to enjoy the event and do the things you want to do. Because right. you don't have to work. But, I mean, if you volunteer eight hours, they... They'll let you in for free. They, which is more, I mean, yeah, that require math, but you're that's about twenty bucks an hour. Yeah, you know that's a good pay scale for a volunteer, really. Yeah, yeah, and um, they they do put a I want to say seventy dollar hold on your card mm-hmm. um, for those who don't actually show up to their scheduled volunteer, which yeah, that not not so pleasant, but. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is common, it is tradition at these events that people share rooms. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I've seen on several of the CLAW Facebook groups, people saying, I have a room or I need a room. And, yeah, those... Those get responded to in both directions rather quickly. I mean, you know, you know, rooming, especially rooming blind or rooming with someone you don't really know, um, disadvantage of that, hey, you're going to be sharing space with someone you don't know, who knows what kind of habits they have, or it might not work out. It's like roommates, but the good news is you only have it for the weekend. Right. Um, but the other, you know, good news is you're meeting new people very, you know, you're going to be sharing a room with them. You're going to get to know them. You're, you're going to get to know them pretty well. And if they're cool people, then, hey, there's a nice way of yeah, forming you, you, connections. You, you just made a friend for life. And, you know, and maybe, you know, they're also just like incredibly beautiful and not terribly shy about, you know, wandering from the shower and getting dressed very casually and slowly. It's like, hey, even better. Um, yeah. We all dream of that and it never really turns out that way. But yeah, sharing rooms is good. The only uh, trouble with it, I've never, you know, I, I've known call it uh con barracks where mm-hmm. you fit as many people in the room as you can cool. and um sleeping wise is not too bad some earplugs and as long as you have like a sleeping bag or something that's comfortable enough yeah i can find with a corner the bathroom is always the issue because especially you have if you have too many people in a room uh you're all trying probably using the bathroom at the same time in the morning yeah. and that can be tricky while you really no matter how friendly you are you can really only shower one at a time because if you have two people in the shower, it's not going to be as efficient and probably going to be taking twice as long. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not going to save any time. That's right? one thing I've learned from a relationship uh, with a, someone who loved, you know, being wet and getting all sexy. It's like, oh, we should shower together. And it's like, that's not going to be getting us clean. You know, that that's foreplay. Yeah. But, you know, as a morning thing, getting ready for work, no. It's like, just no. Yeah, unless you have a massive shower that's built for yes multiples and yeah. it never no ne- never works um that way. but uh yeah so sharing a room like i said i think splitting with uh, three other people you know four people you know two good sized beds you know enough place to sleep um and you know i found four to be a good number um usually there's always a special rate um overflow hotels if you mm-hmm. don't want to be in the hotel that's central to it, if you don't mind a little bit of a hike, you can get a lot cheaper rate, usually a, a satellite hotel. Yes, um, just be aware that satellite hotels will often have non-con attendees staying at them as well. So, Which be- may be something you prefer. It's like sometimes you want to be, you know scaring the you know the, yeah. the muggles it's like look at me it's like there's something in that it's like hey, hey. um the uh and then finally transportation again carpooling oh, you yeah. know there's you know you want to go somewhere you find other people in your area again and way message boards it's the internet now you can get on and say hey i'm looking for a ride from such and such a city to this event who's coming this way right and i mean and of course there is also greyhound which isn't too terribly expensive, not too terribly fast either, but it'll 
Greyhound will get you there. Yeah. Eventually. And, you know, there's always specials to be found, even on airfare, if it's somewhere very far away. Yeah. Just keeping your eye open and, like, that great rate comes through. So there are ways, and things with all these, they just require planning and a little bit of effort ahead of time. Yeah. Nothing is free. You'll save money. You just have to put a little bit more effort in yeah. another way. But uh, if money's your limit, then this is the way it, it's doable. Yeah. I know that when I last time went from Flint to Chicago, I took Amtrak. Mm-hmm. And it was about, it was like $50 per person each way, which with gas prices at the time was about comparable. And I'm like, you know, I won't have the stress of driving. I won't have to find a place to park. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, there's a cash bar. <laughs> oh, and, oh, yeah. And you're going to be, while you're sitting, you're not stuck in a car or driving. You could be reading. You can be talking. You can I, be, I can be crocheting. Yes. Yeah. You, all these things can be done. So, yeah, their events can be done inexpensively. This section of A Harry Prong Companion is brought to you by the Crochet Empire, who wants you to look your best when you're at a dungeon party just wearing a jock. You know, everybody has Nasty Pig. Everybody has Andrew Christian. Stand out from the crowd in a handmade, quality Crochet Empire jockstrap. Available online and at the Claw Vendor Mart. Okay. I was going to say, hey, I like my nasty pig chalk strap. It's, well, it's mostly comfortable. There, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with wearing a nasty pig jock strap. The only problem is, like I said, just about everybody has either a nasty pig or an Andrew Christian jock strap, and some people want to stand out from the crowd a bit more. Nah, I want to be part of the herd. It's more comforting. <laughs> um, also, the fact that they had nasty pig belt buckles really won me over because I was like, oh, I have a little thing for belt buckles, so it's like, oh, that's a cool logo. I want that belt buckle. Yeah, none of the belts were big enough for me. I think they were on sale, and that's why. And it's like, okay, well, I can't use the belt, but buckle comes right off and can be put on with other belts. And yeah, so. Yeah, best belt buckle I've ever seen. Veritas owns it. Mm-hmm. It's his uh, curved barbell. Yeah, about two inches across, curved barbell belt buckle. But he said, for those who are kinky and those who are into body modifications, they, they spot it right away, and they're like, ooh. And for everyone else, they just think it's a horseshoe. So, oh, okay. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's, so I I did like two lines of my Doctor Who scarf mm-hmm. these past two weeks because I was just incredibly miserable. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Sick. Yeah. And, you know, when, when, you're, when your fever is spiking so bad that you're shivering hard enough that you need help getting onto the toilet... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it makes life miserable. So, yeah, wasn't able to do much crafting. I did look up and did a bit of research on Amagari mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And I did find one that does work from the bottom up. So I should be able to use that. The one issue is that I'm going to have to do some creative math because my... Toys are 12 crochets around, mm-hmm. and I believe that mushroom was like seven. It was a weird number around. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to math to, to be able to get the increases just right to get a nice mushroom head. But yeah, that is the next the next step in my chew toy I'd like to get one more done before Claw mm-hmm. that has a definite mushroom head on it. I think okay. you should show off all three whenever you show them. It's like, this is how it's progressing. This, yes. This is the evolution of this crocheted penis. Well, and a couple people have contacted me from my posting of the pictures of them on Facebook, and they want to buy them off me. Oh. And I said, Meet me at Claw. I will mm-hmm. I will be there probably about two two in the afternoon. Check in time is three at at the hotel. Take commissions. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to take commissions, but I'll sell the the two that I've got. Oh. And yeah, and then probably recycle that money right into the vendor mart. <laughs> um, yeah, I've done nothing on my scarf, but yeah. <gasps> I'm lazy. Um, well, but I did do some, happens. well, I learned some uh, crafty kink stuff 
because, um, okay, so at MCFC, mm-hmm. I said I ran into the pup that I kind of knew and talked to him. And um, while we're talking, this other guy comes up and it's like, hey, and calls him by name. And it's like, hey, and they had met at a party years ago. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this guy was into uh, major crafting. In fact, his con name was involving crafts and pup stuff. I'm like, Oh, you should listen to my podcast. I did. I mentioned the podcast. <laughs> um, but he told me of some sites which I still have to check out. But yeah, he was talking about, you know, there's Facebook sites for knitting. And we talked a lot about Doctor Who scarves because I guess there's a whole Facebook community about the Doctor Who scarf. Yes. Which he he was he had a replica of one of the seasons, even to the point where it changed because this section was the stuntman scarf that had been worked into the original in such and such a season. Yep. He had made it that close. Um, but he talked about um, one thing he had seen was a, uh, it was knit or crochet, um, a pony play outfit for like a harness and all that for someone into pony play. Okay. And I don't know if it was like a whole hood or like a horse head or just maybe probably just like the harness and all that, you know, how you would make a crocheted tackle and bite or bit or whatever. The, bit and bridle. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. I I was never a teenage girl, so I never had that horse face. <laughs> um, I had a dinosaur face. I now lost saddles with the dinosaurs, although there should be. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so that was fascinating. And I really have to survey that and figure out, because I think it's on Ravelry, which is basically kind of like my uh, Facebook or MySpace for knitters. Yes, and, um, yeah. And he said, that pony play set. And I was like, well, that sounds kinky as hell. I also have a friend who's into pony play and she'd probably be very appreciative of finding out that, you know, the patterns were such. Because she's also a crafter par excellence. Yes. Any progress on your paracord? No. Crochet? I played with it. It's like, cool. And, but no, there's been, the scarf, I need to finish that scarf. That's the thing. I need to settle down and just get through that before, yeah. Before winter? um, There's, been two winters come and gone since I started, so yeah. But I want it's want to get done, it's there, it's in a bag. I might not have enough yarn to it for it, so well, you'll be done when you run out of yarn. No, right? no, no, <laughs> I need to do the pattern. So, uh, well, I mean, that, that's how I'm approaching um, my final season, Doctor mm-hmm. Who scarf. Is I'm not going to do the whole thing, I'm just going to use it to use up yarn, and mm-hmm. as long as I get to at least five feet long. Then I'm done. Yeah, but yeah, so that's but yeah, there's been it's been busy last couple of weeks, and I've yeah, I've, I've let crafting take a backseat. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> need to keep crafting. Need to keep making it a priority. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, if you find a market for these dicks, yeah, if, if yeah, if I can find yeah, if people will give me money for the dick chew toys. I can make them squeaky. I don't know that I would be able to make it squeaky using the current stuffing. The squeak toy going in the balls? Yeah, it might. Or jangly? Bells? <laughs> Bells in the balls? Yeah, I mean, that would be... I mean, there'd be probably some muffling if you had a surround and some, you know... Yeah. Padding, but, you know, just get something that rings. Yeah. Uh, I... Yeah, I'm thinking next step is just to find yeah, find a way to separate the, in addition to the mushroom head, find a way to internally separate the shaft and the sack mm-hmm. and just have two balls of something in the sack rather than filling. Wow. And then have the filling uh, just up through the dick and put more of a curve in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what people are saying. They want curved dicks. understand. And, you know, the, the handmade dicks are going to be like the real ones. Every, each one is going to be a little bit different. And ne- never the same dick twice. That sounds incredibly slutty. Never the same dick twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to try and, and get at least another one done within the next two weeks. So, scheduling. We have been doing this every other week. April is interesting because of... There are five Fridays in April, at least. Five Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and No, wait. Were we doing every other week, or were we doing, like, second? Well, we were We were doing... Second we have, that kind of we thing. have been doing 
it, it, it's worked out up until now that, mm-hmm. the, that that lines up. Okay. Okay. So we have technically been doing every other week, although really the schedule is twice a month. Mm-hmm. So two weeks, because we record on a Sunday afternoon, two weeks from today, I will not be in our regular recording studio. I will be in the process of checking out in Cleveland. But we, we also have an event next week mm-hmm. that we're going to. It is kind of a kinky event, so we may have a report on that next week. We will decide after the event completes whether it warrants uh, discussion on it's gonna be a kinky event. event. I'm going to make it a kinky event. I know it's meant to be a kinky event, but well, uh, actually, knowing the people involved, knowing what's going into it, yeah, you know, it's a kinky event. Well, I mean, but it's also at a bar, so yes. it's not going to be as kinky as say DVC, um, like our but, first Fridays. You know? Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be like a first Friday. So, a member of the Detroit pub community is turning forty, and as part of his birthday party, is running a fundraiser for Mister Friendly. I probably won't be able to spend a lot at the silent auction because I'll be saving. the week before clock. Yeah, it's the week before clock. I'm going to have to pinch my pennies. So scheduling is a... I don't want to say it's up in the air. There will definitely be an episode the second Wednesday of May. Mm. We will have an episode going live second Wednesday of May. We may have another episode posted the last Wednesday in April, uh, depending on that. But yeah, the second Wednesday of May will be after Claw. It'll be after First Friday. It'll be after Detroit Bondage Club. And that may end up being, we may end up doing a long record session on it, and I break that episode. Two different episodes, up, yeah. Yeah, up over a couple of episodes. Depending on how much we have to talk about, yeah, the the party, the, yeah, all the, it sounds like there's kind of four-ish events. Depending on how much we need to talk about each one, yeah, might want to. Right. And spread it out. Yeah. And then in all, I have also gotten a response back on Facebook of people who are interested in doing about 20 minute interviews at Claw for their kinks and their crafting, uh, including a photographer who still shoots on film. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I I look forward to that conversation. (laughs) When I was a kid, dad had his own black and white darkroom, Mm. which he used to develop his own black and white photos, some of which may have been of my mother that he didn't want to send out. Well, that was one thing I noticed. When I was seeing all the uh, the photographs from the um, number six, Yes, I was like, so how did these get developed? And it turns out they had an inside man at a, a place where you could develop film. So it oh, was good. all kind of developed privately. So Because I was like, okay. Because he's like, you know, well, and it's like, well, you know, it's like, you don't want to get the law. And it's like, I don't think there's necessarily anything illegal about taking naughty pictures. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about the legalities. Yeah, you know? but what, especially in the early 80s. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, it'd be like, oh my gosh, what's this? But is there anything they could really do against a person? Because, you know, as long as they're of age, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I, um, but still, you yeah. know, the way our society is about anything naughty, it's like, well, it's not, there's nothing illegal, but we're still going to have to, like, Take the you know take this or or yeah. be aware of who these people are or, or bullshit. Yeah. The other thing is uh, you know uh, Ryan was kind of aghast when I said, well, and sometimes I've known that when these things get sent to photoshops, yeah, they'll make them and then make another set for themselves. Yes. It's like that's yes. illegal. And it's like yes, yes, but, it is. But I'm sorry, you know, I, that would be a temptation of mine if I was working at Photo Lab and developed a beautiful roll of film that was like beautiful men doing wonderfully nasty things to each other. It'd be like, yeah, two copies of those. And we'll just, <laughs> and will it be worth getting fired or, you know what? I was like, yes, yes, I regret yes, it nothing. Um, yeah, because I am a perv and well, yeah. or worst case, like, uh, what happened, um, when the police had an issue with, uh, MSU, there was a, you know, they had, well, they call it riots. It's, I remember the days of Cedar Fest, whatever. Uh, and they, that term riot gets used very casually now. Um, <laughs> there's a you know student frivolity going on. And uh, police went to Meyer and said, hey, all the film that got developed this weekend, we just want it. We want to go through it to find out if we can see pictures of people doing naughty things. And Meyer's like, here you go. Here's all the pictures. Have fun. 
And it's like, wow, you just rolled over fast for that one. Not not even a warrant, just just a please. Yeah. yeah, and it's like so so yeah, so um yeah, that's the trouble with having a film developed by other hands. Um but like I said, I was curious and they said, Yeah, there was they had access to a developing studio. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Yes. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I will as be we get back to the actual craftsman who makes, you know, photographs right. that cloth. <laughs> yeah, so we there may be a show next week. The week after, there definitely won't be. There will be one the week after that. Mm. So, just so everybody is aware and don't think that we have disappeared. Well, we've run out of time again. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures and project photos to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us, we are at harryprone.com. Our theme music is Hotspot by Aux, used under the Creative Commons Attributions License. We are your hosts, Sarah King. And Lansing Mike. Wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night. Good night.